to our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the geek nation you're currently tuning into the cult pop podcast live stream aka spoiler alert episode 767 uh this is the show where we review the past week's comics as well as talk about some fun pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure mostly viewing you're welcome I am your host, Johnny Destructo of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 4327 Main Street in Philadelphia, PA, a super rad shop which caters to nerdy and nerd-adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes, except jerks. Like uh, Adam, Adam, the guy like the guy who used to pick on me in middle school? No. Uh-uh, don't even try it. Uh, joining me tonight are Brian Lieb and Noel Bartocci. Sup, fellas? Don't answer that question, because I have another follow-up question. It's uh, taking a train to Speculation Town with the release of this week's Inferno Number no. 4, the X-Men-related title by Hickman. Um, he's leaving the X-Men, right? For the foreseeable future. He has stated that he is moving on to a different Marvel property... What character or team would you like to see him tackle next? Or, and or, mm. which would you want him to stay away from? Brian, mm. you have the floor. I was thinking something cosmic, right? Hickman does big cosmic-y things really well. And the first name that popped into my head mm. was Captain Universe. Oh. I think Hickman <laughs> would do a cool Captain Universe thing. You know, somehow yeah. connecting all these different things that the that the Enigma Force uh, inhabits for some reason, you know, over the course of whatever amount, 48 books or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I thought about it, if it would be if something else would come to mind. But uh, yeah, like the Inhumans, I'm sure he would do a cool Inhumans run. But yeah, Captain Universe, I bet he'd do something cool with. Oh, Inhumans would be pretty sweet. He did, well, he <laughs> played he played with the Inhumans a bunch during his Avengers run. Did he? Yeah. Um, Infinity. The whole Infinity um, crossover was a, that big Inhumans continuity shift with Adelan blowing up and the oh, Terrigen mists everywhere and stuff. Oh, was that him? Did he do that? that was, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, his Avengers run, I dropped <laughs> off of. I was liking it a lot because it kind of started in Fantastic Four, which is one of my favorite Fantastic Four runs. And I think he got switched without wanting to be switched. I don't know. Um, but I kind of I dropped off of it around when the Earths were colliding together. And so if it was after that, I must have missed it. Oh, no, it was in the middle of that. So, like, um, the Avengers run 
started with the incursion points, the, yeah, the yeah. Earth's colliding. But yeah. during the course of that was all of the infinity stuff that resulted in the Inhumans blowing up their that floating city. That kind of familiar. Is but that the, when they became it went the... Back into, uh, JD, okay. I think JD's bored now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you say cosmic. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I do not disagree with that. I don't know if I would go with like cat. What is it? Universe. Captain universe. Captain yeah. universe. They the just enigma force. They could call they it enigma. Use, they used to what use about it. quasar? Ooh yeah. Well, I was gonna say just straight up Guardians of the Galaxy potentially, mm. because that book has ended. So I keep thinking of books that are about to get refreshed or end. And the two that came to mind were um, Captain America has no ongoing right now at all. It's just miniseries and Ta-Nehisi Coach just left. And Guardians of the Galaxy just ended like an 18 issue run and ended. So those are two <coughs> big properties with all kinds of like multimedia play that are popular that I think you could go to town on. What do you about JG? Spider-Man. <laughs> there you go. That would be cool. What's the, what's the answer to every question? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the reason I say that is because um, the Beyond segment of Amazing Spider-Man, after Nick Spencer left, they did this Beyond experiment. And apparently that's coming to a close already, and they haven't announced the next writer for that. So hmm. it might be Spider-Man. Hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, JD, you mentioned uh, Quasar, though. I think yeah. that would be the whole, like, protector of the universe thing. I think that that would be something that Hickman would do, Wait, what uh, do you, very well. Does anybody, like, not want Hickman to touch anything or something? Oh, like, right. I forgot oh, right. that was part of it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think he has a wide breadth of storytelling style. You know what I mean? So I don't Action think there's any yeah. he probably wouldn't be good at. So it would have to be like, what I, I don't want him to do the Punisher because I don't like the Punisher. I don't, like, I, don't want, I don't want Hickman to do um, Ghost Rider. All right. Um, I don't want him on Daredevil either. Hmm. Why is that? Um, his... I think we've talked about this before. Sometimes his approach is very um, calculated and or antiseptic, if not the story itself, the approach to the story, like mm-hmm. infographics and flowcharts and very methodical. And to me, the core of Daredevil is the uh, extreme moral ambiguity. And I don't, but like from an emotional aspect, like the emotional tolls of moral ambiguity and faith and religion. Mm. And I don't, I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but I would not look to him as a writer to do that for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, still, still not done the intro. Um, oh, there's more. Thank you for joining us tonight. And thank you for everyone joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We, if you like what we're doing, be sure to comment, subscribe, like, share, and then pop up in the chat. Because uh, we will we will we'll bring you in on the show. You can chat with us. We do have an email. I'm going to read it. It's from Christopher Goodnight. It's called My Chicago Saga, Daniel Warren Johnson, A Journey of Wheels. 
You may remember my mentioning a Killers concert I was planning to attend in September that got canceled. On the one hand, I was really disappointed because I was looking forward to it. I had a bunch of their al earlier albums that I had never listened to and was listening to all Killers all the time at work. Um, at W-K-I-L-L-R. I had listened to their album Hot Fuzz when it came out, but was mistakenly thinking that had stuff from before it and that it was their first mainstream album. Nope, it was their debut. On the other hand, I was glad because the concert was in Virginia, which is for lovers. A 10-hour drive, I would make solo, and my car had a shutter if I went over 60. I assumed it was an alignment issue that I was going to have that in the new year, but I just hadn't splurged for it yet. Turns out, no. Both of my two front tires had worn down so much the wire was exposed on them. One of them blew on the way to Chicago. And if I hadn't called roadside assistance instead of changing it myself and trying to drive to the nearest Walmart to get a new tire, I never would have known the second one was bad as well. Thankfully, he noticed. And I was able to go to his company's garage. Blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, they took some time. It was about an hour waiting, another hour to change the tires. I seriously considered canceling the trip and coming home. I did it, though, and made the rest of the trip and got there before two, which is when I thought Daniel Warren John was leaving, but I when the guy at the counter informed me the signing was supposed to start at one, three exclamation points, one thirty, three exclamation points. No, question marks. Regardless, he was still there, and I was able to get my issues of Extremity signed, my issues of Murder Falcon signed, my issues of Wonder Woman Dead Earth signed, and my issues of Beta Ray Bill signed. Sweet. Plus, I was able to talk to him while he signed them. He's got a new miniseries coming out in June. He had to fight the Beta Ray Bill. He had to fight to get the Beta Ray Bill book for two years, and they only gave it to him if it was loosely tied into King and Black. Basically, he just had to mention it in the first issue, and then he could do what he wanted with it. Hmm. I'm hoping he does another signing in June when the Murder Falcon hardcover comes out, which I've ordered for myself, and... A couple extras. I assume Noel would want one. Yes. I didn't I didn't care for the wrap-up of Batman and Imposter. A vengeful cop? That was the best it could come up with? Hey, spoilers. It had some interesting, yeah. It had some interesting elements for sure, but as a whole, the story just didn't do it for me. I am enjoying Robins uh, and Batman. Um, tapping out on the Flash and Wonder Woman. Same with New Mutants, Marauders, and we only find them when they're dead. And as soon as I read that final issue of Oblivion song, that series, along with the rest, is going to my local half-priced books. I can't wait to see Gangsta Grass at the Hi-Fi in Mount Fountain Square in March, shortly before my 42nd birthday, which I have booked an appointment to get my first tattoo. P.S. If, if you backed Sean Murphy's plot holes, check out my name in the thank you pages. Chris oh. St. Saucy, good night. We did actually uh, back... His, uh, his Whatcha Dilly. And we're going to be holes. talking about... There it is, plot holes. We're going to be talking about the first issue today, tonight. Oh, are we? are. Well, you, you, not you. Not you. I might talk about something. <laughs> you can say <laughs> something and I'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, all right. Wait, what's Daniel Warren Johnson's next thing? That's coming yeah, I was, I was hoping there was going to be a title, but yeah, I guess he too. didn't actually say what his new right. mini is coming. Like, is it creator owned? Is it image? Is it his his DC parentheses Marvel? is if you follow him on Instagram or Twitter, you can guess what it's going to be about. I don't. I do, but I don't know. Like, um, yeah. he like 
he was doing a lot of wrestling pictures, but that was for November. I'll look it up. Hmm. All right. I'm looking oh. for Christopher St. Saucy goodnight, though. Hmm. Before uh, we move on to the comics, though, Robert Monroe Jr. is in the comments saying, Good evening, cult poppers. Have you watched Slugfest DC vs. Marvel on the Roku channel? It's a 10-part series of episodes, no more than 10 minutes each, and pretty interesting. No. I have not, although I've been hearing about it here and there. Um, But I don't have a Roku, so I don't know if you can watch the Roku channel Sans Roku. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, the only things I know about it thus far is it's on Roku. Um, I read a very, very quick article about the wild inaccuracy of it, but it's still entertaining. And Ray Wise as Steve Ditko is great casting. So, like, watching it to learn anything, probably not. But uh, I heard it was fun. Yeah. Who's Ray Wise? I know that name. Um, he's um, in everything. been in movies. and huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's... Oh, what was I saw Is he the guy with the real straight that. hair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher St. Saucy, good night. Right nice. Sweet. Wait a minute, I backed it. Is my name in there too? <laughs> did you Did you put... Is Johnny Destructo in there? Uh, is that what you put? Yeah, let's just waste time while you silently search for my name in the back of the, the book. Sure, sure. Keep talking, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Robert Monroe. I'm sorry. I haven't no. seen it. I hope you're yeah. enjoying it, though. I'll tell you, that happened to me with the thing that uh, St. Saucy mentions about the tires once. Not so bad. Oh, there it is. Johnny, Johnny Destructo. Johnny Destructo. Hey. Excellent. You're I mean, welcome, Sean. <laughs> I mean, I backed oh. it through you. I don't see my fucking name in this book. Whatever. Mm. Uh, Robin Monroe continues. I think you can watch the Roku channel without having a Roku TV. Some stuff was inaccurate, but it did have some interesting info. I didn't know. Mm. Cool. However, if you know, if you know, okay, here's the thing. Ah. If you know that some of the stuff was inaccurate, how do you know that the stuff you didn't know wasn't also inaccurate and you still don't know? It's true. I, I'm I it, like it could be the greatest show in the world, but I'm holding all recommendations on anything to watch for television until I finish Succession, because clearly nothing is worth my time before that finishes. It's true. I'm so glad you're finally on the Succession train, Noel. Yeah, I'm in the middle of season three. Uh, I'll I'll open submissions to suggestions uh, uh, post haste after finishing. So good. So good. All right, let's talk about some goddamn comic books, because that's what we're here to do. Detective Comics number 1047 from DC Comics, uh, written by Mariko Tamaki and Matt Rosenberg, with art by Ivan Reese and Fernando Blanco. The Tower begins. The 12-part weekly Detective Comics event starts here. Arkham Asylum has fallen, and in its place, Arkham Tower has risen in the heart of the city a pitch made by the mysterious Dr. Ware. Unlike the asylum, Dr. Ware promises his methods and drug treatments will heal Gotham's criminally inclined for good, a claim that skeptics like Deb Donovan and the Bat family don't believe. There's something wrong with the tower and Dr. Ware's methods. And with Batman away from Gotham City, the rest of the Bat family is going to find out what, but not before. Everything explodes. Oh. So, uh, 
I have not been able to keep up. I am a big Mariko Tamaki fan. I think she's fantastic. And I've read a lot of her indie stuff. Um, but And also Dan Mora was drawing this book. So I was really excited for Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora. And I just could not find the time. And I'm finally able to jump onto this issue. And boy, howdy, am I glad I did. Because this, this issue was a rollicking good time. I, this was just bonkers fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like how it sort of turned the story on its ear, or at least the presentation of a well-worn Batman story on its ear, where someone new takes over something Arkham-related, and they promise that things are going to be different, and we all know how that's going to end. So this book's like, we all know how this is going to end. Let's just jump 20-something days and show you the absolute... I'm trying not to curse. Um, poop show that this is going to wind up. Um, and so we do some time jumps. And is that better uh, I thought than that was shit? Poop. <laughs> is that better? Poop's better than shit. All right. Yeah. Well, Brian I mean, Anderson's I, talking about how he can't watch with his kids because we curse. Uh, you have, I got you. You should have reminded me because I, I dropped the F bomb like 10 minutes ago. Oh, no. Uh, what bomb was that? No, the fuck <laughs> bomb. It was, uh, oh. it, was, uh, it was a fudge bomb. It happens in Ty's diaper all the time. Uh, but yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? I even have a, I can bring it up. I can show you guys what it looks like. Here we go. Give me, give me just a second. Comic book. Ty's diaper. Was there... yeah, I can show you what Share screen. I don't know if I want to. What did you guys think? No. What did you think of uh, this? Uh, I thought this was like solid. Uh, did I, was it like backflip worthy? No, but, um, in a sea of Batman books, as far as, as far as I could throw, um, it's solid. It, like, it's a really good jumping on point too. So I think in, I've, I've not been able to keep up with all the Batman books. Uh, we read Batman 118 and then 119 has come out since, but that takes Bruce to Europe. Um, and this seems to be the interim. So it's essentially, this is a, the beginning of a whole bat family story, which I like. Shadows of the bat. Yeah. So, which would it be shadows of the bat or they're all under one shadow of, I think it's shadow of the bats. Is it really? No, no, you're no, no, no. I'm wrong. It's shadows of the bat. Indeed. Well, they're all shadows. shadows. They are all shadows of one bat. Oh, interesting. All right. Anyway, what'd you think of it? <laughs> it was strong. Uh, it was yeah. really strong. I, this is a, this is like a 12 week event. This is coming out. I believe this is going to be coming out weekly um, over the next, uh, like up until the end of March. Um, I, I feel a certain way about stuff like this. The, the, the weekly events, right? Because yeah, Sometimes they are super strong all the way through. And then sometimes they almost like create drag in the middle, you know, like you want to hit a number, but maybe, maybe it's a six issue story that they stretch out to 12 or maybe it's a two year arc that they compacted into 12 because it's, you know, they only have so much time before the new creative team comes in. So like, sometimes these don't work. I keep thinking of um, Avengers, no surrender. Was it, do you remember that? Yeah. That was good. Um, the first one was 
terrible. The second one was good. So like, I forget there's, there was one that was like 20 issues long weekly and it just was awful. But then like no surrender was the follow up, and it was like strong and solid and short. So I'm hoping this is closer to that. And then we like kind of discover that this is an awesome, you could read it at any time. Um, you know, Batman book. I, I wonder the other artists that are on this book, because I don't know if Ivan Reese is a weekly drawer or how much lead in time they had. So I yeah. think this might be a maker or also too. I don't know if Mariko Tamaki is writing the whole thing. Um, I can tell you, I have, teams. I have this upcoming week's issue in my hand. Um, oh. And so far Tamaki and Reese are on the book. Yeah. So at least the I, first two issues. <laughs> I think this is going to be a make or break as to which fill in artists they're going to get or what the cr whole creative team is going to be. Because if we're going to be like jamming with uh, Tamaki and, and Reese and it's just really strong, but then there's a, you know, toss a Liam Sharp in there, it, it might really affect <laughs> the momentum of the book. Hmm. So I, I like I, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a I liked it, but I'm in a wait and see mode with this title, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I'm already in. Stuff. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm I can't wait to read the next issue. Like I'm I'm in. I'm in. in. Brian, how, how about you, buddy? Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. I oh, also Robert Monroe Jr. doing due diligence in answer to your question. How do you know it's right? He says because I looked it up. JD, excellent. JD, yeah. And I, I I'm pretty sure he didn't type it this way. But the way I'm reading it is yeah because I looked it up. <laughs> JD, wait. So you looked up. You looked up all information to discover if it's correct or incorrect. Right. He yeah. it taught him some things he didn't know. And then he was like, Oh, that's neat. And then but, made sure it was true. But what's the baseline of factual to look up? What is potentially not factual? Did you well, walk in knowing nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him, Robert. He's just <laughs> what's the, What's the normal world of your knowledge level in regards to Slugfest to know what to look up and what to let slide? I'm assuming it was just anything he didn't already know. Yeah, it was he's like, like, oh, that's a neat fact. Let me I Google that. Since all your stuff was wrong, it. I gotta check you, this out. What if you didn't know the correct version of truth? So, Brian, it's what did you a, think of the book? Always a concern. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I liked it. Yeah, it was it was a solid Batman family book. Um, I think it's cool that Batman is not. I don't think he's going to be a part of it at all. Is my is my feeling? I hope you know? not. Yeah, Good. which is not something that I really remember them having done at a time when Batman was around. You know, like always when there are the bad family with no Batman, it's because Batman is presumed to be dead or dead. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like he's like off the board and that is not the case in this. He's just doing something else, uh, which I thought was cool. The, the woman's name that is introduced is Chase Meridian. I think she's a bank. <laughs> this, this lady, uh, yeah. that's my understanding. And like so much so that I looked it up and I'm like, there's a Chase Bank. Did they merge with Meridian Bank? There is also a Meridian Bank. Yeah. They uh, are not merged. But, Dr. Uh, Dr. Chase Meridian is Nicole Kidman's character in Batman yeah. Forever. I didn't know that he's, when I looked it up. Apparently she's like a long running character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But does she not sound like a bank? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a bank. Absolutely. To me. 
Yeah. So um, sounds like a shitty album title in the 1980s, like Duran Duran, Chase Meridian. Like yeah. we're in pursuit of the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like you said, JD, uh, jumping right to it, I thought they jumped especially right to it when uh, that guy gets thrown out of Arkham Tower. Like that just yeah. cuts right to it, doesn't it? Um, although who knows, maybe he is secretly in charge of everything and he's just Great seems page. to be dead, but yeah, we don't see his face. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah. And she's a cool looking, presumably the main villain, but who knows this, um, the woman, I think a couple of pages prior to that, who is in Arkham and has a bunch of cuts on her arms, which I didn't notice before. She could be like a, a Zaz kind of character i'm not sure if we've seen her before Anna, i didn't i didn't know about this other character that i guess is in nero 14 yeah yeah me either but i they said something that it seemed like he was pretty recent uh yeah he's a pretty recent character yeah it 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 seems so uh, tynan was on the the batman book for what feels like maybe a year but it's like 40 issues. Mm-hmm. So there have been people that have come and gone and been introduced and been around for a while that I've never mm-hmm. read. Like the peacekeeper business, this new uh, um, mayor, like mm-hmm. the, I don't, I don't necessarily recognize the bat books right now and I'm kind of okay with it. This one at least feels like it sets up the ordinary world very quickly for me. Like cool. Arkham, Arkham tower instead of Arkham asylum. Got it. Go like, this is manageable, right? Yeah, but yeah. when they did reference some characters, I didn't know if I was like Doctor Where. Where I don't know if he's been around for a year or two. I, yeah, yeah, or if he's no right idea. now. And but but the cool thing is, like, it doesn't really matter. Same with the purple hair, with the tattoo, with the the scars. Anna. Like maybe she's somebody, but yeah, it's cool. Like as I far as the sense that she's not, right now, but that'd be cool too. Knows? Yeah. <laughs> also, what is the uh, what's the big idea of putting? Arkham, the new version of Arkham in a tower in the middle of the city. (laughs) Why would you do that? It's a dumb fucking idea. Right. (laughs) That's that's the suspension of disbelief in this story. Not not what characters can or can't do. It's... What? Architecturally, is that sound? Right. (laughs) Like, you guys have been around Arkham for a while now. What were you thinking? (laughs) There's real selective memories in Gotham, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this time... Mm-hmm. It was, um, oh, I like how Nightwing. I like his his lack of appearance in most of the book being like a. This is a cause for concern, but we're not that concerned. But Dick, where are you? You know that kind of thing. And then he mm-hmm. shows up. Um. Anybody read the backup? Yeah. I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I it, was, it was strong. It. Yeah, it's good. It looked cool, mm-hmm. and then uh, I didn't read it. I like the art in it, and uh, I never got back to it. So there you go. Yeah, it's pretty brutal um, Joker scene. Mm. I was actually, I was like, oh no, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do to that kid? Oh, never mind, he's fine. Okay. Uh, I did, I did question that actually. Like, uh, so if you go two pages back, um, Batman's entrance into the room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, is that snow or glass? It's snow, right? Snow and was, glass. Yeah, a little, little snow, a little glass. It's like it looks like he just exploded in, but. Like, He's yeah, yeah. his body doesn't suggest that. It's just it's it's an it's interesting um it's an interesting illustration. 
Well, I mean, he crashed through it, and then yeah. the second, it's, it just shows him standing there after having crashed. Oh, I get it. But oh. my first, like, pass-through of it is explosion, not snow coming through the window. Mm. Oh, I see. No, no, yeah. it's just snow, yeah. He's just standing there. So I was like, okay. He's like, oh, I destroyed oh, okay. Okay. property. Now let me take a rest for a second. Let me take a beat. Yeah, yeah. like, let me enjoy this. Don't touch. <laughs> Go. You this Batman... Out. All right, here the on the next page, him standing there is striking. Yeah, it's good. That's classic Batman. Yeah. Um, let's see. Hal twenty eight fourteen's in the comments saying, after la- watching last week's show, the Cult Pop podcast, this show, I picked up the first three issues of Human Target. OMG, so good. It is. Yeah. Nice. Uh, actually, someone else came into the shop this week asking for Human Target because we were talking about it this week or last week. So, oh right. Yeah, very cool. I'm glad people are picking up Human Target because it yeah. is. And also great. listening to and watching this show. Yeah, and also for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kevin says Gotham, known for great city planning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on to the next book. It's Bylines in Blood, number one. From Aftershock Comics, written by Van Jensen, with art by Erica Scholes. The future. The very concept of truth has died. Politicians invent their own facts, and independent newspapers no longer exist. In this world, private detectives serve as Ronin, searching out the hard truths that people are desperate to keep hidden. The best of these is Satya known as Lady Dick, a former journalist turned gumshoe who runs every lead to ground. But Satya has just received her hardest case yet. Her old editor has been murdered. Someone wanted him silenced, and the trail points towards the highest bastions of power. It usually does, doesn't it? To find, for, to find just this, there's like, it's spelled J-U-S-T-I-C-E, for her friend, she'll have to put everything and everyone she knows at risk. Everything? Every Yeah. Her yeah, cabinets. I know how to use the bathroom. That is now at risk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if she, if she gets killed. Well, that would yeah. be a risk. Yeah, yeah. But cabinets, the cabinets will be fine. <laughs> I, well, I mean, everything she knows, she knows of the cabinets when that. So they're at risk. True. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, and just her knowledge of it. The cabinets agnostic of Katya don't are fine, right? But her relationship with the cabinets could be irrevocably changed if she gets murdered. Irrevocably. Yeah. Also, it's Satya, not Katya. Even that is at risk. (laughs) Lady Dick. We'll just call her Lady (laughs) Dick. Lady Dick. Uh, So yeah, I really like Alias. So yeah. Here's more of that. It's uh, it's very much like Alias. She is a private dick. Uh, she drinks too much, and she, she, she's she's a real loose cannon. Guys, <laughs> for those for those slightly younger than us, he's referring to Jessica Jones. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Jessica Jones. Yeah. Yeah. The original title of the comic was Alias, and then there was an ABC television That's show true. for like seven years. Do you mean um, the show, and then, JD, and they or the comic? <laughs> the, no, that was the comic. Serious the comic. He oh, means okay. the comic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Jessica Jones. Uh, so yeah, this just, just feels like what if Jessica Jones was in the future, um, which is barely the future. It's just like no one believes the truth. I'm like, that's just now. That's just here. Yeah. Which, but there I guess the fact that there's no. Yeah. 
Yeah, the fact that well, yeah, there was a pandemic, right? And they that nobody believes the truth anymore. I guess yeah. the only difference between the comic and reality is, I guess, there's no newspapers anymore, and so everybody who used yeah, to work for newspapers is, a, is out of a gig. This is a darkest timeline that's maybe five years, five to ten years from now. Um, technology. This is like a future where technology is not much different. It's just communications and culture has shifted culture being less trusting and communications being uh, more insular and less, uh, you know, standard facts or standard sources of information, um, which, and like their clothing is a little different, but yeah, they have you different know, jackets. Yeah. People don't like cool jacket. Yeah. It, it, other than that, it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty um, relatable uh, reality. Yeah. I liked I liked this. I liked this book a lot. Yeah, it's um, good. I don't think it was the best book this week. Hmm. Uh, I think I think it it reads fine, but the concept and the characters are awesome. So, like, I think it's going to be overall really great. But as like a first issue, I, uh, maybe like a B minus. But as something I'm super interested in, like an A minus. You know, like I want to see how um, this goes. Yeah, um, this is the we've there's been a glut of these in the past year or two of of take no shit female detect just Jessica Jones's. Um, and when Jessica Jones happened, I thought it felt fresh and new and original and fun. Uh, and now I can't help but compare everything that comes after it to Jessica Jones. Yeah, um, that's not saying this is bad, but it does feel like a thing I've read before. Um, uh, I got more, I got more, um, not quite Blade Runner vibes that I did Jessica Jones vibes. Okay. So that like, yeah, I could see that. It was less about her being a cad and more about everything's fucked and I don't care about anybody yeah. like Blade Runner to me, but it is you know, like at a 10,000 foot level, it is closer to Jessica Jones. You're right. I think if you put Jessica Jones in Blade Runner, yeah, you get you get this cool. book, right? A little bit. I, I, but she like she's like a Jessica out of five. Like yeah. she is not as destructive or or hateful or spiteful as as Jones. So like it's it's like not quite Blade Runner and also not quite Alias at the it's, same time. Well, it's just I mean, it's yeah. a little it's a little brutal for the daughter of your mentor to come in and ask for help and you to be like, well, this ain't a charity. Well, I like motivation sure but mm. jessica would tell them to fuck off uh like it's it's just levels of severity like mm. it's not quite the future futuristic but it is the future it's not quite hardened lady dick but it is hardened lady dick like yeah. this just is this almost feels like a prequel to 15 other things mm. like not everyone's there yet what do you think brian i never i never read alias so i didn't get those vibes at all i didn't get any of those vibes um, and the future aspect of it, um, sold it for me. Uh, I like the, so for one thing, there's very few sci-fi detective stories. Um, and, uh, I didn't think that while I was reading it, but now that we're talking about it, it is, it is the case. Um, so I like, you know, I like this kind of, um, neon future, like grimy neon future kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, so I was into that. Uh, there's also something I was reading as I was paging through it on like pages 20 and 21. Uh, it, this is only happens in digital, but I always think it's cool. Usually in title pages when 
you've got one page and you move to the next one and it's just kind of changes. Like some things are the same and some, some things change. You guys know what I'm talking about? In this particular case, there's a scene of a balcony. And then on the next page, there's two people on the balcony and it's later at night. Um, and I just think it's a cool effect. It, like I said, it usually happens with title pages. I don't think it's on purpose, but sometimes when you go from a title oh, page to the next one, yeah. But when they're happening, when it's one page, just like some things change and other things don't. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. Um, it's almost like a, like an animation. Mm-hmm. So like I say, I don't think that's on purpose. Um, yeah, it was interesting. The art is good. The color palette is good. And the the world that she inhabits is cool. Oh, the the cliffhanger I liked a lot. Um, because this is our first hint of, like, nefarious future tech. Mm. The whole issue. And I thought it was really, really cool. Mm. Like, I didn't... How so? I mean, I didn't necessarily think that it was going to be a person in an invisible suit. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I miss a cliffhanger? The cliffhanger is just, I need a real moment to grieve. Uh, do you see the silhouette in the rain behind her? <gasps> I totally missed it until you just said those words. I, I yeah, because 100%. We were, we were looking at the video of him getting stabbed and it just, there was like glitches and it just seemed yeah. like somebody had yes. like, it just happened so fast or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But now we're scene. seeing like, so and the predator this is a, yeah she, this, it's clearly a new enough or not Holy known shit. technology that she didn't think about like oh those new invisible suits cool like i literally reading this book i was reading it i was enjoying it we get to this panel where she's like thinking about uh denzin who was her mentor who whose murder she's looking into and she hasn't really had time to really process it or think about it and she she kind of sits not sits down, but she crouches and she goes, I needed a real moment to grieve. And I was like, Oh, that's the end of the book. What a strange <laughs> place to end your book. Uh, I 100% did not see the silhouette of the person in the background. That is awesome. A little too subtle for, for Jadles, apparently. <laughs> I wonder how much of this will be uh, the themes of like being seen and not being seen. Cause there's this and there's also her, Forget if it's her friend or brother or something um, has a like this eye, one of those eyes that's on screen now. Yeah. Yeah. Like following him around all the time, um, which I always thought would be cool. Right. To have uh-huh. access to like not out there in the world and what could go wrong with it. I mean, just like if you had access to look at any moment of your life at any time. Yeah. It's like um, that Black Mirror episode yeah, I was where they've say, got contacts that Mirror. record their I did entire... watch that. I mean, that's that not awesome. the only place that that's shown up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking more from like a third, <laughs> like a third person. Right. But uh, that, uh, that would require that would require absolute trust in the technology for them to yeah. monitor yeah. me at that level, which doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. But I, I mean, can't even just, look at Instagram like, without without <laughs> Google telling me to buy something I just looked at on Instagram. Right. <laughs> But like, if you guys could have it, you know what I mean? If yeah. we were at a stage where like encryption was unbreakable and it if I was Mr. Terrific and I just invented orbs yeah. that followed me around. Wonderful. Go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be pretty sweet. Um, did, have you guys read or heard of gun with occasional music? The book? No. 
Yeah. Uh, very good book. Similar. Sounds like a futuristic noir detective story. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> You're quite right. Um, in that world, PIs are private inquisitors because it is illegal to ask questions without a license. Um, huh. And it's it's this like kind of world of disparate futury things. Uh, that being one of them, or like local apothecaries being like you go and you get your mix of drug that that you would like with just enough addiction to make it nice to come back to it uh, and mutated animals. It's cool. It's a it's a cool book. I recommend it. Jonathan Lethem is the author. Lethem? Lethem. L-E-T-H-E-M. He wrote a comic, only one that I know of. Um, it was a Marvel comic. Oh, who was it? Somebody the Unknown. It was this weird... Omega. Omega the Unknown, right. Which... Who... It was all right. <laughs> it was not as good as Gun with Occasional Music. Hmm. Seems like everyone likes it. So, uh, uh, Kevin commented, yeah. seems legit. Uh, we, got, we got a spam comment. Uh, loveface.xyz, here girls will do what you say. Um, water emoji, thumbs up, sweaty, sweaty red faced emoji, kissy emoji, water. wacky face emoji, and um, letter with a heart stamp emoji. To which Kevin says, seems legit. Yeah. I mean, uh, wet fingers. Wait, wet fingers make you sweaty. Yeah. Kiss my crazy, and put a letter stamp on it. You guys, yeah. that's ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So you don't know that. Me, Maybe make me sweaty. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I've been with some. Never mind. Oh, I want to mind. I want to mind. I'm just saying men aren't the only ones who do that. Uh, okay, so as we were talking about in the beginning of the show, um, Chris and Sassy Goodnight brought up Sean Murphy's uh, self-published graphic novel, The Plot Holes, which he had on, was it Indiegogo or Kickstarter? It was Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Uh, I was a big Sean Murphy fan. I really liked things like uh, his Batman White Knight and his um, run on, he did a, a little short thing on Constantine and um, um, uh, Punk his, Rock his, Jesus. His run on American Vampire was really, really good, but oh. he wasn't writing. Uh, it's Scott Snyder wrote it and he did the art. Super, super good. Nice. I think it's survival. Uh, so, of the yeah. so, yeah, in between Batman White Knight projects, he's been doing this thing called the plot holes. <laughs> Uh, here's the description. Realizing he's a fictional character inside a novel that's destined to fail, Cliff joins the Plot Holes, a team of warrior misfits recruited from other failed novels. In order to survive, they must leap from one book to the next, improving each plot so that the stories can be published, thereby saving each world. And I thought, that's neat. That's a neat sounding idea. Um, it was really more my interest in Sean Murphy's work. I, I really love his um, his illustration style, his ink style. It's so perfect. It's really nice. Um, and so we kickstarted it, and we got a couple issues in, uh, or a couple of copies in. And Nolan and I both read the first issue in the volume. Noel, what did you think? Um, I 
thought it was <laughs> it was mostly boring. Um, it's <sighs> it's an interesting premise that in the first issue is barely established and not really well articulated. And all I have are more questions, but not in a good way in kind of an annoying way. Like, well, then how does this work? But then how does that work? But if you did that, then why is that? But then who is reading these books? So the concept being that this team of fictional characters from destroyed books um, work to actively edit, I say that in air quotes, actively edit unpublished books to make them good so they survive. So the idea that they're saving these fictional worlds, which is like saving a world, is it sounds like a really, really cool idea of, you know, multiversal kind of Avengers, I guess. But it's done so haphazardly that the whole time you have no real um, understanding of stakes. It's just like, yeah, you're saving like a Goodreads page. What What's the big deal? Like that after a successful mission, they like check to see if they were successful. And it's like, oh, well, the reviews are off the charts and they've got a Netflix deal. Cool. Like, yeah. you yeah. just cause that world to continue to exist like is that what's at stake that's what they're trying to say but they say it in one line like a little later on after you've Mm -hmm. gone through this whole like ordeal of one character dies and this happens and they save this world and the benefits of them saving the world is that this writer who i guess wrote the book but was terrible at it because they had to go fix it is now successful their story is now successful and they're going to be a millionaire oh good it's the stakes themselves are stupid (laughs) and or so far at least that it makes me not really care no matter how pretty it is and then also too there's like there's a couple of really stupid like edgy jokes and you're like okay that doesn't really land very well like so there's a uh dennis the menace style character here like a 1930s cartoon ish kid but he's from a novel sure um, right? Dennis the Menace, but the novelization. There's a, but there's a manga person <laughs> and a and a sci-fi person. So, like it's just it's fine. Like it's yeah. all published, whatever. Um, and he's like he looks like an eight-year-old, but you know acts like a racist seventy-year-old. Oh, and he just makes a lot of off-color jokes. I get the point of it in the book to kind of have the. Uh, am I using the word right? The anachronism of having a sweet boy look like a sweet boy, but really is kind of like a an out of touch old racist dude. Because yeah, um, he's from a while ago, right? Is that the yeah, idea? Yeah, yeah, but in the thirties or something. In, in the you could do that, but you do it for a reason, and you make it, and you do it well. It's neither. Like it's just to. It seems like it's just to get away with edgy jokes, and they're not even uh, good edgy jokes. Uh-huh. Um, cause it's essentially about like the size of eyes in manga. Like what's going on? Also, if that book is from the thirties, isn't it already published? Oh no. So all of these characters are from books that were destroyed that aren't published. Uh, so they are members of this team because they no longer have worlds. So they are like, think of it as like a team of expendables or a team of, of, uh, disparate Avengers from other realities that no longer exist, all oh, okay. trying to keep other realities from 
So there's apart. no hope for like their own stories. No, they're just stories are trying to help other people. But I but guess. this just it. Like this, the first half of the book saves a story. They they successfully edit a story and save it. Mm-hmm. But they tell you that the they go out of their way to tell you that the benefit of that is just this writer you'll never know in the story. In this story, is rich now. Great. Um, mm-hmm. But then the second half of the first issue kind of back pedals into a, oh, but we're saving worlds because all of these worlds are real to everyone that reads them. And you're like, it's a little too late for that shit because you established your, your benefit structure as being just monetary. It was, it's very weird. It just seems like it's not thought through. Hmm. I think I've shit on it enough. The art is beautiful. Yeah. It's a good looking (laughs) book. It's got, it's Sean Murphy as always does not disappoint when it comes to his artwork. A very nice looking book, but I felt the same way. Uh, I read it. I forgot to mention to Noel that they had come in and I was like, Oh, let me quick read a little bit of it. I was very excited. So I immediately picked it up and started reading it. And I was just, my face just went from like, ah, (laughs) Oh, okay. I just, um, didn't, I wasn't emotionally invested in anything. Now, to be fair, it's a graphic novel. I need, I should read the whole thing. Um, uh, reviewing one issue of a full thing, one chapter, not that great. Uh, maybe all of the stakes are raised and everything gets better as it goes. And there's story arcs and all sorts of stuff. Um, but as for a first issue, if I were to pick this up off the shelf, I would not continue with it. I'm, but the fact that I spent so much to back to to Indiegogo this thing, I got to get my reading uh, worth out of it. Is it anywhere presented as issues? Or yes. Is it a, so it is. I was. I was. Oh, you mean in the book? Yeah. So it's oh. structured like it's six issues. In uh, like it's not structured like a graphic novel. That's weird. I don't think that this was in like. Ah. It feels like a pitch to maybe Image or something, and then he just went Kickstarter with it. Right. Yeah, there are even covers. There are uh, covers. There are issues. There are chapters. Uh, this read. This is supposed to read like issues collected, not yeah, like a yeah. graphic novel. So if this was just a single first issue, I would mm-hmm. not keep reading. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, but I've got it, and yeah, I'll finish it. And, and it was maybe expensive. I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Mean, I, 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 I go ahead. Nothing. I was just going to, I feel bad, you know, not being enthusiastic about something, but um, especially something to Sean's because I like, I like him very much, but I just was uh, not. I've, I've fallen off of his stuff lately. Yeah. Like I, I liked White Knight. I could not get through Curse of White Knight for some reason. Um, I tried, I started it like twice and I just kept falling off mm-hmm. and I haven't finished through. Like I think in, in this recent previews there's there's solicitations the third or the fourth one was announced the beyond yeah. the white knight beyond the white knight Batman Batman beyond, beyond white story knight. which is kind of cool i'm not gonna pull it i'll just nah. wait like yeah no because i even the harley one just I, I haven't read a single page of those and i have them all over here like well I mean, yeah same falling off but i i'm i want to go read curse of the white knight i just haven't got around to it um is he yeah. oh well I forgot. I had something else I was going to say, and I just kind of uh, it petered out for me. I lost it. Um, uh, in the in the comments, I think it's um, Mars or no? Uh, Hal mentions sounds like a pass. I'll stick with crossover. Crossover is a better version of this. 
a much better version of this. Just kind of um, the idea of fiction merging into reality or fiction having its own reality with stakes crossover absolutely does this more successfully. You know, I know I was going to say this is my own. This is my own baggage that I'm bringing into this project. Uh, in my head, and there's no reason for me to think this. If someone is kickstarting or Indiegogoing something, especially someone like Sean, who doesn't seem to have a lot of trouble getting stuff made, um, his his stuff seems to get published. He doesn't use the name, right? Uh, I kind of assume this would be some sort of passion project, some a story that he just had to tell. It was just eating at him, and come hell or high water, he was going to get it published, and he just really wanted to tell this story. And so when I picked it up. And I kind of saw what the first issue was. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like anything very particularly special to me. Um, well, he might have. I mean, the description of the story sounds like the kind of thing that a writer might have been thinking about for a while, you know? So yeah. maybe that is the case. Like, you could still be very right about it, and it just isn't told in a way that is interesting to Me. somebody who isn't a writer and hasn't, but you know what I mean? Like who hasn't been thinking of the story did for he, a long time. Did he write Punk Rock Jesus too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just say, I, I consider him an amazing artist and an all right writer. Hmm. I don't necessarily always enjoy his writing. I think probably the thing that I've enjoyed the most or the story that was the most nuanced and fleshed out was white Knight. Hmm. Um, everything else has been, and I, I forgive me. I haven't read punk rock Jesus yet. I have it. I just haven't read it yet. I really liked it. Yeah. Does it, when was the last time you read it? Has it aged? Well, I read it when it came out. So like 10 years ago. Oh my God. Was it 10 years ago? It's a long time. It's, it's still, it's got vertigo logos on it. Gotcha. Not DC Vertigo, just straight yeah. Vertigo logos. So it's at least 10 years old. All right. Um, yeah. I, yeah I it's, it's been a while. This, this is oddly disappointing. Like yeah. I, my expectations weren't even that high, but I just wish it was a little bit more fleshed out. Mm -hmm. A little structured differently so far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I may have some, I may have uh, something else to say once I'm finished it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll revisit. Hold out hope. Yeah. We'll revisit yeah. this for sure. Um, it was very expensive. It would, it would be full of us not to. <laughs> I'm going to keep harping on. It was very expensive. <laughs> the, the shipping was ridiculous. Um, all right. Brian, you had a question Yo. you wanted to throw to us. Yes, I um, have thought about this before, but I was recently reminded of it in an article. First appearances in comics. Sometimes people claim that the first appearance of a character the first time the character appears is not their first appearance, right? They'll say, no, that's Venom. a cameo. Venom, uh, Wolverine is another one. He shows up on the last panel of the oh, previous Hulk, and then he shows up, you know, his full story is in the next one because a lot of times comics do that. They'll tease what's happening in the next issue, and it's not like they knew the Wolverine was going to be a major character. They're just saying, like, here's yeah, the thing that's coming at the Hulk next. You know. the, the the labeling they use for grading is mm -hmm. first full appearance, first cameo appearance. That's yeah. the differentiation, ah. differentiation that they use. Which is better than just the argument of like, no, this is one first? isn't their first appearance. Yeah, this you know? this this just kind of happened uh, with Punchline. 
if you remember all of the mm-hmm. weird craziness with punchline, the like rando villains united hello risen blah 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 was her first cameo appearance because she was in like one panel and had a line off panel mm-hmm. uh, and people freaked out for it and bought tons of them but her first full appearance was in an issue of batman like a month later hmm. that makes sense start. to me hmm. I, w- I would still rather it be first appearance and then like first full story or something like that um because you know first cameo appearance is the first appearance um i know it's not the same thing as the first time barry allen shows up in showcase number four where that's a full story and it's the first time he's ever introduced but if you want the first appearance of wolverine it's the one before the famous cover you know What's, is that the question if we prefer or think that's stupid what's yeah. the question that's the question oh. like do uh, we, we already answered it but I, yeah, yeah well no I actually honestly the real answer is i don't think it matters so much as the way that speculation works as to the value of these comic books is so fucking wishy-washy and changes on a dime constantly. I don't think it matters because there's no, there is no absolute standard that cameos end up selling for more than first appearances because the market usually will switch over back and forth as to which one like ends up selling for more because people have these arguments. So it's almost like the arguments themselves fuel the, um, fluctuation volatile fluctuation of speculation as to which one sells for more see i hadn't so thought like, of it in those terms it's like so i hadn't weird. thought of it in speculative terms well that's the only reason so why they like that's the only reason why they that's the only reason know? why they bother identifying one or the other and the people that hmm. think or or want definition are usually those that want to know the absolute value and or is it more valuable than the other one Right. Mm -hmm. And you'll, uh, you know, those will. So like I own a 9.8 grade. I don't have it up of Green Lantern 20, which is the first appearance of (laughs) Jessica Cruz. All right. But she only actually appears in two panels and has no lines, I don't think. But they identify the the first appearance. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm almost positive. I will. You guys talk. I'm gonna actually grab it. It's over there. I'll, right. we'll, we'll figure out exactly what it says because she's not featured in the book. She's just there for a hot second. It was Jeff John's last issue. Yeah. Oh, right on. JD, uh, what do you think? Yeah. What do you? Think? Which do I prefer? Well, what do you, which one do you think is correct? If I'm going to. If I'm going what? Yeah. Which one do you think is correct? Like, what's the what's the actual first appearance? Yeah. If they just well, show the up first in appearance one... is the first time you see the character. It's the first yeah. appearance. Okay. The first time you see the character, mm-hmm. you've seen the character. They have appeared. That's it. That's yeah. done. If I'm looking for the first appearance of a character, mm-hmm. and it's something like Venom, right? So mm-hmm. before Venom was even established that that was going to be the character, some mystery person was lurking in the shadows, stalking mm-hmm. Peter Parker, and at a certain point, he's there waiting for a subway. And as this hand, this Todd McFarlane hand comes out of the back and boop, pushes him, mm-hmm. right? Tries to push him in front of the train. And um, that is the first appearance of Venom, technically, because that was Venom doing the pushing. So we're told. Um, but and it wasn't even the same as, Venom, right? Like at that time, 
Venom was going to be a different character was going yeah. to be in the yeah, symbiote, yeah. and then they changed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, if I'm looking for the first appearance of a character, it's because I'm a reader. Mm-hmm. I don't care about collecting as much as I do stories I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't buy a thing just because it has someone's hand in it. Uh, I'm there because I want to see, oh, this character appeared and went up against our hero. I want the first appearance of Venom where they fight each other. I respect Where they interact. That. But if you, were, if you were trying to sell them, what would you advocate for? Like, this is the first time the hand showed up. This is going for something. Or this is garbage. Don't, this is not worth $200. This is the first time his hand showed up. I'm not buying that. Like, what, even as a reader, right. I wouldn't buy the. A, I would not buy the two hundred dollar issue of showing me a hand. I want the first. But, but you saying you want the first that I guess technically would might be the first conflict. I, like it's just, I feel like I want the first story. I get. I just, was gonna, there you go. I was going to say I get not caring about the value, but the only reason why they have identified is because there's a value established as a reader. That first cameo appearance you don't give a shit about. So like that's your answer. No. Yeah. Right. See, I, I would want it. It is technically for, the first appearance. Yeah. I, I would want it though for a non-monetary reason. You know what I mean? Like, if Venom was my favorite character, I would want both of those stories. Like, I would want the first time he shows up as a full thing. But I'd also think the the first time you see the hand, like, ooh, that's the first Venom. That's the first time you see Venom. Do you do you want to know what this says on the labeling? All right. Yeah. What is it? All right. So this is Green Lantern number 20 from July 2013. Uh, story by Jeff Johns, art by Doug Monkey. Uh, mm. It is Jeff Johns' last issue with a wraparound cover. The Indicia says first appearance of Jessica Cruz in one panel cameo, hmm. parentheses, face not revealed. Oh, I like oh, that. I like that. That's very You really know what you're getting. I like it, that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's like to the T. To the they identified it as first appearance, but it is mm-hmm. not costume. It is not dialogue. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. her. I, and I'm almost positive. It's like her in the fetal position in, in a corner when somebody's like trying to knock on her door. Cause she's yeah. Like Cause she's stuck in her apartment. I do remember that. Yeah. And Kevin is even in the comments saying, I think this all springs from CGC labeling. Now point of fact though, I'll tell you, there was in old wizard magazines, there were, notations of such and such oh. first appearance and also, then, you know or in, in the overstreet price guide or whatever yeah in the overstreet price guide they also do they yeah. label first appearances and as to why like values have gone up it's i i think it's just it for, for me it's not just cgc labeling that identifies it it's it's genuine just speculation across the board and stuff like the price guide like overstreet like wizard used to do like cgc does they do their best to establish rules on like essentially the tide getting higher or lower when it comes to what people try and like track for. Well, Um, I like how you had how the CGC does it now that they're not limited to one line. Like it's a lot of information. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of, there's a couple of interesting ones I have that have like (laughs) a bunch of shit. Uh, Like uh, Thor number six is like, Death of Galactus slash first appearance of Thanos Hammer slash first like yeah yeah um it's it's yeah they do their best to label the shit out of it but 
It's yeah. speculation. Well, they have to. They have to because no one can look at the comic book to find out. Right. Yeah. Right. That's one thing. I, ooh, uh, it's That's like why I getting an action things... figure and putting it in oh. a box. Actually, that reminds me completely <laughs> off topic, but not. George Perez is doing his last CGC signing. Do you have anything that you'd like me to send in because the deadline is like in two weeks? Oh, maybe. I would Looks like something signed up. by George Perez. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me after the show. Uh, Hal 2814 says, I have the issues of Amazing Spider-Man where Cassidy makes a cameo killing someone before he becomes Carnage. I don't even remember that. That's cool. When I bought the book was because I was reading Amazing Spider-Man at the time. No idea Carnage or Venom would blow up like years later. Very cool. I have That's some fun. cool first appearances that I have searched out just to just to have them. You know, I have a thing where I like to get awesome things in pretty shitty condition because I yeah. will never pay the $300 or whatever. Uh, so like the first red kryptonite appearance, you know, that kind of thing. Here's a here's an interesting one that I have. It's the um, I got the DC Nation presents Future State free issue slabbed hmm. because technically it's the first appearance of Yara Floor. Wow, uh, fun, good job. Cool. Yeah, 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 dumb shit like sneaky, that. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, yeah. Is that also the first? Of- no, it isn't. Oh, it's, of it's the non-binary well, Flash, the first cover appearance of. Wait, where is she? They, yeah. They- uh, wait, actually, no, they aren't on here. Oh. Uh, actually, I think that they might have first appeared in the Justice League. Yeah, it's, um, League. it's that Flash. Right. Which is not Jesse. Jesse, correct? That sounds right, but I don't recall. Or Jess or something like that. It's a, it's a non-binary name. And when it, they were saying, they, the powers that be at DC, were saying that they would appear in the Justice League at some point. And that I have hasn't happened yet. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, fun stuff. A lot of the future state stuff is gone. Yeah. But by the time they were talking about that, it was like they already knew what was coming. And they're like, hey, we've just introduced a non-binary flesh. This is not the only time you'll see them. It's Uh, a stop. It was a stopgap event. It's uh, yeah. yeah. Stuff that they had already. Yeah. It's uh, it's life. It's the comics. Uh, All right. Forget it, Jake. It's comics. All right. So Thunder Rounds are next. Thunder Rounds. Wait, JD, isn't there some way of (laughs) paying for this show that even though you don't have to, you might want to? You know what I like, Brian? You know what I like is is that I've started the Thunder Round segment of the show. And instead of waiting till after the Thunder Round segment of the show is over to do this, you're like, no. Yeah. Let's cease the thunder round statement that your segment that you've made started, and let's let's do the. I mean, hey, if anyone likes this, no, you don't. You don't like it. You can help <laughs> us out by going to Johnny or Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and helping us out monetarily. If you don't have any money, that's fine. I don't have much money, so that we're even. You can just hang out with us and join us and like or, and comment and subscribe. How about how about if you like any of these comics that we talk about? Buy him from JD. He ships oh, out. Oh my Dude. God. That's, yeah, that's you really. You could do that. If you want to help out the shop, you can order the comic books through me. We do subscriptions and I will mail you the books. Uh, that's that's a good, good point. And I'll thank you for that. Do that every week because I'll forget. Okay. <laughs> Brian, can I continue? Uh, What's a thunder yeah. round? 
Thunder oh, I'll round. tell you, Noel, a, a Thunder Round is a 60-second review of anything. It could be anything. Usually it's comic books. Noel has two Thunder Rounds. Thunder Rounds. Thank you. Uh, the first up yeah, is Inferno number four from Marvel Comics, written by Jonathan Hickman, uh, with art by Stefano Caselli and Valerio Shidi. No, who's got a timer? Because I don't. Oh, I do. <laughs> I can time it. Wait, do, oh, I, do I get I to? Do, do you, are you going to read the amazing um, solicitation? Oh, I can. Yes, I'll do that right now. To Embers. Jonathan Hickman's time on X-Men ends with a dramatic conclusion of one of the first and best mysteries he brought to the line. Valerio Shidi returns on art to help bring down one of the foundations of the era. All right. Noel? My, my watch turns... Here we go. 60 seconds on the clock and go. This book was fucking awesome. Uh, this four-issue miniseries is the culmination of... Uh, House of X, Powers of Ten. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's all the Moira. It's all the nasty, quiet council stuff. It's awesome. It has to do with the... Uh, it, it hasn't been since Hawkpox since they talked about the machines versus humans versus mutants stuff, and all of that is revealed. Um, it's awesome. Uh, all of the cool <laughs> stuff with Douglas uh, and um, Warlock and speaking for the island has its own like little mystery reveal that I didn't even know about. It's awesome. This is just so fucking good. This is so fucking good. You literally could just read House of House of X Powers of Ten, uh, Hickman's little twenty issue run, and then this, and it is a masterclass of superhero books and it ends in a way that End you could ground? keep going no, no no it ends in a way where you could keep going or you could just kind of pick up and go end of round and it still is End incredibly satisfying <laughs> this book is fantastic read inferno end, end of round okay i'm good you guys should read it it's fine i do want to check that out I because do. i really liked House of X, Powers of Ten, and really wanted to see the rest of that. There's a, yeah. there's a, like, there is a solid turn slash climax part in this that I was like, oh shit, oh. didn't see it coming. Super great. I love, I love this book. I love this book. Yeah. Here's the yeah. thing. I haven't read most of Hickman's X Men main series. Again, it kind of doesn't matter. Like it, it this Good. is okay. Moira McTaggart was the ah. main thrust of House of X, Powers of Ten. Yeah. Her reincarnation. That doesn't, she's a goddamn secret for the entirety of Hickman's run, just kind of yeah. like in the shadows in the background. They don't talk about her. No one knows she's alive. The beginning of Inferno is some people find out. And then shit goes bad from there. It's it's a conclusion to the Moira stuff. So if you have at least just the baseline of House of X, oh, yeah. you're fine. Yeah. If I, yeah, I'd like to I will, read it's that. four issues. Yeah, it's four oversized issues, so it reads Great. like a six issue mini. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna read it. I'm excited. You have Thank them? you. you it's have so fucking good. If not, I, give me the trade. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. I have them. Or no, yeah, I'm gonna get him the trade. Get him the shop. Get him the trade. Get him the trade. It's really, uh, really now. Good. There's another thunder round that Noel's gonna do. Thunder round. I'll I'll keep For, this under. I'm sorry. 
Dark Knights of Steel, number three, DC Comics, Tom Taylor, Yasmin Putri. War is on the horizon as a series of assassinations has rocked the lands. The kingpin of Stuart, no. The Kingdom of Storms is gathering its eyes with eyes on the destruction of Kal-El and his family. What secret does the Dark Knight learn that could be the key to everything? Uh, 60 seconds on your clock, go! Uh, if you enjoy... First of all, Tom King is the... Sorry, Tom Taylor <laughs> is the king <laughs> of Elseworlds stories in modern comics. Uh, if you enjoyed the weird and wildness of Deceased, you'll love this. If you enjoyed Injustice, you'll love this. Um, he has He's just infused Game of Thrones with um, DCIP, and nothing is sacred. So some characters that you thought would not die, died immediately, and some characters that you thought wouldn't kill, kill immediately. It's just a really, really intriguing story and the way that he reuses certain characters uh i find surprising like the metal men show up a version oh, of the metal men show up and you're like oh yeah so like it's already like digging deep into the uh into the reserves of dc continuity and fun fresh ways that i i find really enjoyable and the artist end of round this book is great nice thanks noel good job uh all right that's the end of the Thunder Rounds. Let's move on to Thor number two. No. 20. Thor number 20. From Marvel Comics. Written by Donny Cates with art by Nick Klein. Mjolnir is on a rampage across the realms and is leaving death and destruction in its path. Thor must act fast to save his kingdom for the deadly prophecy of the God of Hammers is about to be unleashed. This was dope as fuck. This was dope as fuck. I have not I have not read Thor for a couple of issues now. It's been a while. I keep jumping in and out. Not because I don't I, I don't want to keep up. It's because I ain't got no goddamn time. But luckily, Noel was like, read this. And then I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I read 19 and then this issue 20. And it's still great. This Donny Cates run is still super fun. Really enjoying it. The Nick Klein art is getting looser as the series progresses, but it doesn't bother me. It's still good looking. And I like the reveal at the end of this. It feels a little bit like a twist from Astonishing X-Men by Joss Whedon. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Danger. So we're yeah. gonna yeah, danger. So we're gonna spoil the end of this and basically Mjolnir. So Thor and Loki and Odin are trying to track all of the murders that's been happening all over the nine realms. Uh, they're clearly happening by someone wielding Mjolnir. And turns out no one's wielding Mjolnir. M Mjolnir is the, the God of hammers, uh, which is pretty fun. I really like that. Um, I don't know about the design of the character. It basically is just like mm. a, a, Oh, it's, it's a lightning lady. I guess it's supposed to be lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning lady. Yeah. I think lady. I think so. I think Mjolnir being a sentient storm goes back a little ways into oh, yeah. Jason oh, yeah. Aaron's run. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but what but did you was, guys think, Noel? Oh, I mean, I've I've been loving the show of this book as it's been going. Um, they, um, I think Donny Cates gets a bad rap a little bit of. Uh, 
just being like Rockstar Kid comes up and shake shit comes in and shakes shit up. Um, but if you've been reading along, um, he has a knowledge and a reverence to the history of the characters. So he does weird shit with them, but it's never, or at least so far has never been out of bounds. Like the idea of Mjolnir, Brian already had mentioned the idea of it being a sentient storm that exists within the hammer prior to it being destroyed in the sun at the end of Jason Aaron's run existed. So he just kind of like builds on that. The idea of a whisper network of a bunch of other hammer wielders like Throg or the idea of um, Donald Blake being a non-entity stuck in a looped hell and going crazy. Like he takes all of these very well established pieces of continuity and then just kind of tweaks them to like 15, 20 percent. And I've been loving it. I've just really, really been loving it. Super fun run. Um, it's it. It might, and I. It, I think it rivals Jason Aaron's run for me. The first chunk. There's no, yeah, I agree with that. What what I've read, <laughs> uh, I, I like Jason Aaron's run. I, high, I hold Jason Aaron's run in high regard, but I will admit there are peaks and valleys to it. I have yet to read a valley in Donny Cates's run. It's like at eleven all the time. I agree with that. Like this is. I don't I don't think that this is better so far. I don't think that this is better than God of Thunder, that first like 25 issue chunk. Mm-hmm. But this is on par with a lot of that middle piece before he loses the hammer. Like this is really really good. And it's different. Like it's the, it's it's the same character but it's different, which is like the best you can ask for in regards to rotating creative teams on ongoing stories, right? Like you don't want to completely transform the book, but you also don't want to constantly keep telling the same stories. It's, you know, the Spider-Man problem, the, the Captain America problem. Like how many times can you have them put down the shield? How many times can you have them fight a clone? Like it's, (laughs) Yeah, taking something that is recognizable or that's comfortable and twisting it to the enjoyment of the reader is awesome. It's like something that the movie Scream is a perfect example of it, right? All of all of your knowledge of horror movies, using them against you in the context of a horror movie. And it's like Donny Cates is doing that with these fucking Marvel characters to a successful degree for me. What about you, Brian? Uh this is was all right. Um, I really enjoyed his opening arc, the uh, where Thor becomes the Herald of Galactus. I thought the it was cosmic really arc. Yeah, uh, that was cool. I did not read the Donald Blake stuff, although it looked interesting. Um, and the Throg issue that we read was was really good too. Um, I think I am not that into the way that Donny Cates remixes Marvel stuff always, right? I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh, you can't do that. I'm just like, that was kind of dumb. You know, like <laughs> the the Mjolnir thing kind of underwhelmed me at the end. Oh, oh yeah. Like, eh. Well, first of all, and this maybe is a little off base, the God of Hammers thing, I was like, oh, like that line from Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. I remember that line too. Um, and I don't think it's a basis for a story, but it doesn't have to be the basis. It's just the name of the story. It's fine. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. When they said, oh, it's Mjolnir, I was like, oh, it's, it's Mjolnir itself. What a wacky idea that I never would, you know, oh, you, re- you really turned it on its ear, Donnie. Um, so you, so it, you don't, so it's dumb. Eh, kind of. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not picking up your sarcasm. Like it's not like you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, a good yeah, idea, yeah. That was or just the presentation is not a good idea. Um, no, I thought it was as like a gotcha twist. Eh, it didn't. It didn't get me. You know, I didn't. I didn't think it was that interesting. But also, I don't like Jason Aaron stuff. So, you know, the fact that he's calling back to a Jason Aaron thing is like. That yeah, wasn't a great idea then either. Um, although I didn't read it, and the idea of a sentient storm being in Mjolnir is not an inherently uncool idea. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I just thought this, and I just looked it up, and I was like, oh, right, he did that Hulk thing too mm-hmm. um, that I didn't think was that interesting. Uh, the recent Hulk, yeah. Yeah, there's something yeah. about the things that he chooses to remix or the way that he chooses to turn something on its head that I'm not always into. Now, that being said, I just listed a bunch of this run that I thought was great. Like I still thought most of this comic was very cool. Like I enjoyed reading it. I think, I think a a downside to, I am not a fan of, uh, kids love chains, nineties comics, bullshit. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Donny Cates, as a writer and as a reader, loves that shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when he makes earnest reference to it, it's not because I love it. It's because he's reusing those tropes with modern storytelling. And for me, it's just the modern storytelling that makes the nostalgia okay. But if this was a rehash of like a spawn issue, I would I would also think it's garbage. So I think it's his it's not the things he chooses to do in the stories that I'm attracted to. It's his style of writing, his dialogue it is good. that I really love. Like, like I mean, he's a good writer. Like for Yeah, sure. that's just it. I think yeah. it's for me, it's like I'd I would never go on to the mat and fight with you about the things he chooses to do with Venom. Because I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about Venom as a character. He's a product <laughs> of the nineties that I never liked. But for some reason, the dialogue and the story choices and the the wanton kind of destruction that Donny Cates approaches the character with, I find really appealing. And that's mm-hmm. what I like. I just like his writing, right? So it's never about what he chooses. I have no real affection for Thor either. I just like him in things, but it's mm. I don't follow his book no matter what, right? You know what? What I like about him is that the status quo, the status is not quo ever. Right? I forget what movie yeah. that's from, but that's a line from a movie. <laughs> I think it's the quo is not status would be more correct, right? Yeah, but I'm 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 quoting a movie. Oh, is that a reference to some yeah. other thing? Oh, I got it. Yeah. Uh, so um, that that's how I feel about Donny Cates, is that he comes in on a book and he shakes things up. For me, as someone who is 43 years old, been reading comics for 30-odd years, I like when someone comes in and does something new and fun and different with the characters. And the fact that Venom is a good choice to talk about, because that is not Venom. That's not the Venom I grew up with. Um, 
and he has evolved, he has matured, he has become a completely different character that can go and have a chat with the Avengers. And even yeah. at the time, I was like, this feels so weird. But at the same time, what do I just want him to keep trying to eat Spider-Man's brains for 40 years? Like, come on, that's just stagnant and stale and boring. Um, so I, I like that he does stuff like this. To me, that was kind of fun. The, the uh, a sentient Mjolnir um, trying to, you know, coming for coming for Thor. I thought I was like, oh, that's a cool, fun idea. It feels kind of metal. I think a lot of Donny Cates' stuff feels like, and I can't really dis- as describe how it feels this way, but it just feels kind of metal as fuck. Um, yeah, so no, I think like, I agree oh, with that's you. Cool. And that's what I'm like, eh, I don't really like, <laughs> I don't really uh, like metal as You fuck. just want jazz. Yeah, yeah, jazz or some now, dig on this. rock and roll or what have you. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny uh, that you should compare it to the 90s, stuff, rock- Noel, because in the 90s, I was like, Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, that, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. I know. No, I know. Um, he's been kind of his his connection's been in and out yeah. like during the whole show. Um, what's funny is you said he said rock and roll or what have you, which is the oldest man phrase <laughs> I think I've ever heard in my or, rock and roll or, or what have you, rock and roll or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love you, Brian. Yeah. Um, uh, it's funny, you know. You know, you mentioned that Nick Klein's kind of style for this book has gotten looser. Yeah. Um, or has it gotten slightly closer to another metal as fuck artist that we love? Daniel that, Warren Johnson? Co- that collaborates with Donny Cates often. Maybe it's kind of a moving more towards that kind of grittier metal kind of feeling for Maybe, this story yeah. arc. I, I could see a little choice. Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah, like a conscious choice to kind yeah. of like stylistically kind of like make it a little looser like it's intricate in a lot of places but then it's also really loose in a lot of places yeah also when it when thor finally appears to be calling down mjolnir it's got that um that like uh-huh. lines perpendicular yeah the, the, yeah, the yeah. Doom. yeah yeah which has been everywhere recently but i still so strongly associate it with daniel r johnson um i don't know if that's valid or not uh no, no he does it all the time no, I know Wait, that he does it, but I don't know if he is like the originator of it. But that's the first place I ran across it, I think. Uh, the first place I ever ran across was, um, and I can't remember his name. He did uh, Rumble. Did we read that for the show? No. Huh. Uh, well, JD finds that. No, what I, what I was saying before I dropped down accidentally um, is that you, it's funny you referenced the 90s with this stuff because yeah. during the 90s, I was like, oh man, I liked previous eras better. You're like, I'm not into this. Oh yeah, I, I, didn't, stuff, you know? I didn't enjoy, James Herron. I mean, some Heron. of it I did, of course, but. Um, I I wasn't, I did not enjoy comics around that time either. I, I loved, I, I genuinely loved the art. Like I remember getting those first couple of issues of Spawn, barely being able to finish them because I really thought the writing was trash, <laughs> but loving the art because I was, you know, I was what, 12? So I didn't have the patience to kind of like read the massive amounts of, of text in my comic. Uh, but I, the, the art stayed with me. Yeah, very much so. And then I went and read other stuff that I found more appealing from the big two. Who then started copying stuff that was popular at Image? Um, yeah, Heroes was, Reborn for one. <laughs> yeah, I, I that was actually the period of time when I just cut out. I cut out for like all of high school. Oh yeah, I never left. 
No, I mean, well, I mean, my the Spring Hill, Florida still doesn't have any comic book shop. And it's not like I had the Internet. So yeah. that's how I, I used to judge comics. a mall. Right. It's like, is yeah, this really a real mall if it doesn't have a comic book store? Right. You know? Yeah. The closest mall was 40 minutes away. I oh, yeah. lived in a small town. I could not get comic books. There was no yeah. options. So I didn't read comics for a very, very long time. Yeah, no, I remember having to get to the King of Prussia Mall to get because that was the that was my shop. That was the closest one for me. And, uh, you know, it was always like, I don't know how I did it. Probably just asked my parents to take me. But it must have been like nope, while we I, were doing something else or like on the way. Huh? You know, you had to arrange a pill both there, ways. You know? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. It was a whole thing. <laughs> uh, Kevin is in the comments saying James Heron to which I replied yes uh, that dude is dope yeah James Heron's art is next level cool as ultra, fuck ultra mega ultra mega yeah oh, what a good looking book he is so good and that's the first guy I ever saw doing that sort of style that we were talking about and then James um, Daniel shit James Daniel Warren Johnson Daniel Warren Johnson came along and I was like oh kind of reminds me of James Heron Daniel James shit fuck uh, he's That's also known as yeah. Uh, let's move on to the last book of the week: Monkey Meat, <laughs> Image Comics, written and and drawn by Juni Ba. Um, the Monkey Meat Company made its fortune selling cans of processed processed meat all around the world. Using that money to fuel their wacky experiments, they turned their native island into a magical hyper capitalist hellscape where even demons have to pay rent. Follow the lives of the creatures of Monkey Meat Island in this fun, action packed romp. Each issue is its own story. I didn't read it. <laughs> what you, um, you, you think, Noel? Uh, I thought this was awesome. Um, it is a. This is like a. It's very much like. Um, what's the word? Uh, not lampoon. Um, the British one. Flying circus. Monty Python. There's a Monty oh. Python esque. <laughs> um, feeling to it. I think you described it as a fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like a book that they kept yes anding processed meat so popular bought an island what do they do on the island experiments for different kinds of meat radioactive uh, salesmen that are so good that they could sell to God or but like it just and then they and they then God rap, shows up and then God shows up <laughs> right. like it's this book continuously yes ands itself and then wraps up in a bow at the very end and seeds the next story, which is only tangentially related to this person who drank an energy drink uh, that is powered by souls. This book is weird, and mm. it's pretty... I thought it was pretty fucking fun. Yeah. Yeah. Brian. Yeah. Um, it was weird. It was very weird. And um, the art is that kind of like off-putting abstraction that is yeah. well suited to this story you know um the art is is very well done this kind of artistic style um i it's never my favorite but i like it you know what i mean like it's it's um it's cool it has a certain energy of its own that kind of keeps it out of the realm of being something that i'm really going to like think oh, I want to display this cover or something like that. 
but it um, it's it's very scattershot and uh, very hard edged. There's a, a little essence of uh, Mike Mignola, I think, a little bit. Oh yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Mike Mignola in the Shadow Works. It's also feels yeah. a little bit like um, Jim Mafood by way of Scott Morse. Uh, hmm. These sort of, of only press indie darlings from eighteen years ago. The, yeah, the the start of the story. So there's the the next story is going to be that manga ish character who drank an energy drink that's seated in this issue. And then we'll see their story. Like it's a, it seems to be set up to like a, a Mr. Show sketches where the sketch <laughs> would end and it oh. almost non sequitur wise style seeds the next set sketch, whether yeah, it's just yeah. by a word or a line yeah, yeah. or a product. Placement, I always, yeah, which I, always I think like happened in Flying Circus too, right? Yes. Uh, yes. This your, is very yeah, much, this whole yeah. book just feels like it's yes handed uh, to yeah. like uh, the biggest conclusion. And then it's like, well, fuck it next. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was great. And also, too, like, I, I will agree with you that the art is not for everybody, but it's I thought it was great. But there's a the first couple of pages. It's impenetrable yes. because the main characters don't look human and you don't know why they don't look human right, right, right. until more than halfway through the book. Yeah. So I'm like, who's talking? Because I can't see where this fucker's mouth is, let alone yeah. if he's the one talking. So it, it's mildly impenetrable but when they explain it i'm like oh okay that's fine yeah like, uh, that's fine and it's got that kind of um the oh i don't know what's going on with uh brian's connection this week Aww. but it's breaking my heart don't go break up why'd you bother with lights it was it was nice when you were just in the shadows. Oh, oh, here he is. Uh, the the character design is really interesting. It's an interesting, like, sort of future or alien or whatever kind of world. Um, the the main character has a little bit of. I could see that it, it kind of in Samurai Jack. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is a little harder edged um, mm-hmm. and and rougher than Samurai Jack is. But I love Samurai Jack art, of course. Um, and think- that speaks to me with the character design, you know, that like not necessarily an alien, but something that's unhuman, mm-hmm. uh, but is normal in this world kind of thing. And this is the kind of world that has 15 different types of of sentient beings in it that all just interact. Um, I also like that the next issue is listed at 399 monkeys is yeah. the cost of the next issue. Th- this, I, this might not be for everybody, but I think it's, it's too impressive to ignore. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Like it's, it's not for everybody, but it's so good at what it is, mm-hmm. which is also ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like it's really good at being ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's like very over the top, like parody of something or ten different things mm-hmm. kind of thing, and with a classic yeah. ending, like that classic, like uh, "There's no way out" kind of ending. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. There, this is this is absolutely Monty Python, Terry Gilliam. There's no happy ending, but you're still smiling, kind of um, mm-hmm. corporate bullshit, and I 
Yeah. I thought it was really smart. I love like it is a throwaway line at the in like towards the beginning of the story that he's a he's a salesman that's so good he could sell anything to even God. Yeah. Or he could get even God to get to sign a contract. And then that becomes the punchline of the entire fucking story. Right. That like God, he thinks that he's out and then yeah. God owes him. Yeah. <laughs> and he he has oh it was yeah. it's it's really strong. I thought it was really strong. I was very impressed. Yeah. That, that ending very much is that kind of like uh, Monty Python style, mm-hmm. like the biggest thing that could happen, you know, that um, the ultimate twist yeah. on this premise, because we need a way to finish up the premise. And the biggest thing you could think of is that way. Um, it's cool. Yeah. Like a um, postmodern sort of story. Sketches would end with uh, talking to the screen or the voice of God saying, stop it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. would be absolutely ridiculous. I got this. I, I actually picked this up physical because uh, I saw the description in previews and was like, this looks weird. Sure. And I'm very, very glad that I did. Hmm. Um, the, no, I'm the, curious all to of see these what ads, the next one is. Yeah, I am too. And yeah. all of these ads really uh, like they, there's a lot of fake ads in the book. They work really, really well in the physical copy. Hmm. Um, this is, this is a uh, strong. Nice. It's good yeah. Stuff. I wonder if, cause the next one takes place in this town. I'm curious as to see how much it is connected or how little it is connected to the next one. Um, now I have a question for you unrelated to this. You were talking about ultra mega. Yeah. Uh, a little bit ago. Now, I just happened to read an article about uh, it wonders if Voltaire was the first sci-fi author, which is actually something we talked about a little while ago on this podcast on an, uh, an episode that you weren't on. No. Um, but the way that they say it is he wrote a short story called Micro Megas. Um, and there's like an alien from Saturn and an alien from another star and they're gigantic and they come to Earth and they have trouble finding life forms because everything is so small that they don't recognize it as life. Is Ultra Megas in any way, could you see it as like a play on that or is it just a nope. coincidence? Yeah. Nope. Right. It is a straight coincidence. It's more of a play on uh, giant kaiju monster movies. All right. Yeah, because I think these things are big, but I don't know that they're monsters. You know what I mean? I don't know that I haven't read the story, but. Um, yeah, it, that's um, coincidence. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Absolutely. Very good. JD. Hi. Hey, right. welcome back, buddy. You should read this. It's Hi. really fun. Nah. All right. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> There's too many things that I want to catch up on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read Monkey Meat. This doesn't look like it's up my alley. Right. Um, there are Apparently books stupid. that I I would like to catch up on. Beta Ray Bill, the Daniel Warren Johnson series me too i loved that and i've got like three issues left you could i got a bunch of star wars reads such a breezy read you could read that in 15 minutes get it no (laughs) brian finish ultra mega i haven't finished that one right so many things i I want to finish yeah i started reading all new wolverine this past week and it's i mean it's beautiful i'm gonna do a thunder round thunder since we're done talking about the books, I figured Brian likes it when we chat. Um, but I'm going to do a thunder round. Who's, thunder who's round. ready to time me? I'm going to do Scream 4, the movie. Oh, that's incredibly relevant. 
How old yeah, is it? Cream five or five cream, <laughs> uh, as it's lovingly called, um, will be out this Friday. And uh, we're trying to see if we can get to get tickets to go see it on Friday very early at a very um, empty theater. Hmm. Oh, Kevin says, oh, my God, ultra mega best book of 2021, in my opinion. Uh, I can't wait to finish. I read the first issue and it was dope as hell, Kevin. All right. Scream four. Here we go. Let me know when you're ready. And go. I am a huge fan of the Scream films. I love Scream one, Scream two. And Scream 4. Scream 4, uh, I was very happy with. I hadn't watched it since it came out in the theaters, I think. And I remember being like, oh, this is so much better than Scream 3 because Scream 3 is one of my most hated movies of all time because of the potential that is wasted. And uh, this, Scream 4, super fun. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. I think that the soundtrack is good. The uh, dialogue is fun. The characters are interesting. The kills are the bloodiest of the entire series especially coming off of Scream 3, which is all just, there's no blood whatsoever. This movie is brutal as hell. Really good kills. And um, it's just fun spending time with those characters. I really, really like that movie. And um, the reveal of the killer or killers, I think, was a surprise. I had no idea. Uh, very surprising. And um, highly recommend it. So you should definitely check it out. End of round. Ah, nailed it. Almost. Um, uh... Also, someone gets shot in the dick. Ooh. Spoilers. Oh my god, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone With a gun. Gets, a, gets a bullet in their pee-pee. Oh my With a gun? <laughs> <laughs> yes, with a no. gun. With another pee-pee. <laughs> a pee-pee um, shot to the pee-pee. Yeah, pee-pee shot to the pee-pee. They, well, well, that's called docking. You're thinking something. You know, well, you're thinking docking. Dock. I actually mean someone yeah. projectile yeah. through a pee-pee. Oh. That's how I took it. At a yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a PP contact, but it was brutal contact. Yeah, it wasn't pleasurable for either. Not pleasurable or or yeah. arousing contact. It was it was volatile. <laughs> also, non consensual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's um. So it, it was, uh, yeah, doesn't seem like it would. Be. Speaking of Scream, which uh, Scream Five is coming out, Noel and I both listen to the Halloweenies podcast, and I am oh. one of their patrons. Um, so they just posted the poster, you know, uh, the killer media, yeah. the killers yeah. on this poster. No, on on Patreon. Oh. So basically everyone's a suspect. There's yeah. another killer in Woodsboro and everyone's a suspect. Help the Halloweenies name the face behind the ghost before it's too late. Winners will be named Burrow's finest on our stream review episode. So I think it's going to be Hicks. Is that somebody from a previous like a previous yes. victim? In Wait, a who previous movie? Hicks. Who's Hicks? Hicks is Dewey's. Um, uh, she's uh, is she a deputy? Oh, Marley. She Marley Shelton. Marley Shelton. No. You think you think okay. Hicks has like been driven crazy by having had killers come after them all these uh, years? I don't and- know. Well, I don't know. What, I don't know what the the plot is gonna be but i don't care about any of these kids so i'm not gonna guess i don't know i I literally don't know any of the other actors in this movie who play these kids these high schoolers all i know are the three main characters um sydney dewey and gail i don't want it to be any of those three had it been one of those three in the previous movies fine but so far they've been surviving every movie so much that i'm just like well don't make one of them in the 
until this one. I was just, right, right. I'm yes, anding you. I'm not. They can I, they can kill them stop. off, but yeah. don't make them the killer. Hmm. I I have a way of watching these movies, especially the Scream movies. Um, it was after the first one when I went and saw the second one. I I re- I remember it was um I read a bunch of Facebook forum like it, it was a uh, it was actual like movie forums like before Reddit like people theorizing the murderers and the killers and this and then it's gonna go down like this and we got a fake leaked script and uh, uh, I was deep in those weeds um, and it, it was all wrong but then I also realized that it it made watching the movie I wasn't I wasn't really watching the movie I was sitting there trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I went into three and four actively not trying to figure it out. And I think, I'm, and that was so fun to do. Mm-hmm. So I think I will, I think I'm, I've already am avoiding, I haven't seen any trailers since that one teaser towards the, uh, like last year, I'm not watching any trailers. I'm not reading any reviews or reactions and I'm trying to see it immediately because I don't want to, it's not even about being spoiled. I don't want to give myself enough time to think about it. Hmm. I just want to experience it. My I always watch the screams that way. I never, I never sit there going, who's the killer? Like I do kind of like, Oh, I wonder who the killer is, but I'm not there sitting trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. because there is no way to figure it out. There are not enough clues (laughs) to tell you, here is here is the killer um basically the whole movie is we're going to present everyone in in a either a nice as as both a nice light and also a negative light a negative and a positive light so that you're unsure of who the killer is um at no point are you supposed to actually put together who the killer is it's a series of of red herrings yeah Yes, a lot of the times the production doesn't know who the killer is going to be until they're they're done making the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There have been multiple scripts. They've been they've shoot multiple scenes. Uh, yeah, they don't know what they're doing until they they figure it out. So okay. I don't think there's ever except for the first one and maybe the second one. No, no, because even the second one had like four killers at one at one point. Well, they, um, yeah, they switched it up midway through. But yeah. I, I obviously I wonder, but I peel back and just try and sit there and enjoy it because I've seen these movies too many times, either at home or in the theater with people who are just actively guessing wrong outside of their head. And I hate it. It's like, just watch the movie. Like you don't win a prize if you're right. And you're just throwing names out. Just watch the fucking movie. It's only you're going to find out in an hour. <laughs> so like I, I really do act, especially whodunits. I actively try and stay in popcorn mind and not. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, like the second viewing, we'll rip the shit out of it. But yeah. And more so than Marvel movies, more so than like secret cameos or but for specifically for like whodunits and like the screen movies. I actively have to like go as dumb as possible in my head. Hmm. Cause that's the way to truly enjoy them for me. And then like, you know, those awesome kills. Yeah. I'm assuming in these three movies, they are not constructed in such a way that are like a series of clues, like a Sherlock Holmes that you might figure out. It's just like, it's just a series of murders. (laughs) Right. And then eventually they'll tell you who it was. It's a series. (laughs) Eventually they take the mask off. 
Right. It's a series of accusations and right. and right. stressful fearing. And right. then the movie reveals it for you. You're right. not following one like the the um the perspective is always what is it, second person omniscient? You know more than the characters, but you never know the full Right, right. Like you never know the voice of God or everything in the story, but you also don't know more than the main characters know at the mm-hmm. time. Like mm-hmm. the movie doesn't reveal shit to you before it reveals it to the characters, so it's just constant. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's not first person, it's second person because you're not inside someone's head, right. but you're experiencing it with them next to them. So it's mm-hmm. second person omniscient the whole time. So there's also, no Brian, way to guess in, in advance. Like, this also exists. This this these movies exist in a world mm-hmm. where like technology exists that no matter your cadence of speech, the pitch mm-hmm. of your voice, uh-uh. any the way you talk, your stutter, anything, uh-uh. it all goes away once you have this voice changer. You talk oh. exactly like the same person has been talking all five movies. It's always I mean, the same actor playing the same <laughs> voice on oh, the phone. Really? <laughs> uh, and it's always revealed that the person has a voice box changer and that's yeah. how they make the voice. Yeah. I mean, in part Super three, silly. the technology... Oh, you were we don't talk to, about three. You were able to change your voice to anyone's voice. Oh, shit. Yeah, that, that's the worst part is in Scream 3, it's not just the ghost face killer voice. Mm-hmm. I could get a phone call and Brian could use this voice changer to sound exactly like Noel, to talk exactly like Noel in the, the exact same way that he speaks. <laughs> so dumb. But I will say it's cool. Like in the Halloween episode, Halloweenies episode about Scream 3, they made mention that there's a scene where the killer calls, not Sydney, someone else, but either way, uses the Roman voice. And then yeah. the killer voice, but actually knowing Roman. that Roman's the killer, he's actually talking, and then he gets the voice box. Yeah, yeah. Mm. which I thought was really funny. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's creepier. Cool. That's cool. And then he just yeah. and then he just leaves the costume and the voice changer on the phone in a pile uh, with the ringer on in the closet for for yeah. that to be for to be found. So I mean, dumb. That he wanted to be sucks. caught at that point. <laughs> Ugh. It was the he end game. Movie. He wanted to be caught in that house. Hated it. Uh, it was fine. I, 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 I've never watched it again. Guys, I, I know we don't normally talk about the uh, these kinds of messages in the chat, but I have a question: Loveface X Y Z online strips without clothing. Yeah. How do they do? How do they do that? How do you strip without clothing? Right. Because, because they peel their own flesh off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's something yeah. I want to see. <laughs> but it's a good thing we block them. Yes. <laughs> I was afraid for your delicate sensibilities. Poor vanilla oh, Brian doesn't want to see someone strip their own flesh yeah. off. I mean, it's real. Like it's old hat to just see boobies. Yeah, yeah. Want see, I want to see everything. You want to see muscle, muscle yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. veins and just... I only have bone recently. things that I can see the bones of. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. You want to see those bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is that music video that Robbie Williams, which is Rock also a pretty DJ. fun song, where he does that, and mm-hmm. it's pretty funny, which I had not seen before. Uh, like That video is fantastic. Year. It's called yeah, Rocky yeah. J by Robbie Williams. Everyone should look it up after this. Yeah. 
she literally is a stripper at a at a roller disco and just gets to the point where there's nothing else for him to take off and starts ripping off his flesh. Yeah. It's grotesque yeah, it's and it's fantastic. And it's a and pretty it, good it, song it's a, too. It's a good it's song a, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go a, place my orders. No, right. Um all right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and chatting with us and down in the the, the group chat. Um, join us next Monday at nine o'clock. We, we will talk about more comic books. I'm going to make us talk about Detective Comics. All right. And some other ones. I don't know what the other ones are yet. <laughs> other ones too. Uh, Kevin said, "LOL, love that video." I guess he's talking about the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams. Yeah. Um, all right. And yeah, if you want comics, contact me at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4327 Main Street. And uh, we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky. And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. Yeah.